3: G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. I'm your host Jack Croswell and today is a follow on for the International Day of Rural Women and the impact they have on both their families, friends, and and also the communities that they live in through the work that they do tirelessly and relentlessly. Rural Australia is really bouncing back, I believe, with the connection at the highest level it's ever been with the internet, and even the rise of podcasts arriving to your front door. We've heard from four amazing women on the episode yesterday who are defining their own path in rural Australia through running their businesses of different varieties as well. But today, we talk to the team at Byfields with two amazing ladies as we go behind the scenes of two totally different journeys of women in rural Australia and see how it's landed them working well within agribusiness accounting over in Western Australia. Let's dive in and see what it's all been about for these women coming through the ranks and rising to the top. Let's get into it. And as a follow-on as the Beyond the Tax Return, we've got some lovely women joining us on the podcast today. We've got Justina and Lee. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for
3: having us. us. Yes, It's great for you guys to come in and to see what your view is of agriculture and those clients that you've worked with, but also your own journey and experiences in finding out where you came from and where that's brought you in today. For yourselves, So let's get into it. What are your roles at Biofields? We'll start with you Justina.
1: Um, so um, I'm a manager at Biofields um, and I'm mostly responsible for that day-to-day contact with clients, um, reviewing jobs, um, training junior accountants or overlooking their progress um, and all the other stuff that comes with it.
3: And Lee.
0: Um, and so I'm, I'm a director at Byfield. So um, I'm the only female out of 13 directors. Um, and very similar to Justine as sort of working with, with clients in, in farming um, and rural businesses, um, you know, helping them with whatever they sort of need, whether that's succession planning, estate planning, um, that higher level tax advice as well.
3: Yeah, beautiful. So it's pretty special to be the only woman as a director at Byfields. How does it feel to be the only one? Would you like a few more there? Knock a few of the boys um, off or how do you approach that being the only one?
0: I, I think it would be fantastic. I think um, if we can get some more females involved, I, I think yeah, we, we've got a lot to offer as females. And um, I think that would be really great for the firm. And um, yeah, I don't think we need to knock any of the boys off. <laughs> we can just bring some more females in instead.
1: <laughs>
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't really see it as ticking a box. I just see that women in the industry of agriculture have so much to give. And they also have a bit of a different viewpoint from some of the males out there, how they go about stuff and what's happening. And it's a bit of the topic of the day for women in agriculture, celebrating the day for Australia, but also across the year, hopefully that we can start these conversations in implementing them into not only just byfields but also, farming family businesses and even the corporates that are working within agriculture would be fantastic, but let's look into family structures. They've changed. It's 2021. How are yours looking as working at Byfields as well? How are you managing that family structure working within Byfields and that connection back to agriculture? Um, I'll
1: go first. If that's okay. Um, so I work full-time and my husband is a high school teacher so he's um he works less hours than I do um and yeah he's obviously full-time and we have two girls one is six and one is 11 uh going to a local school so there's there's a lot of juggling for sure um and my Husband has um, taken on a lot of responsibilities when it comes to that family life. He um, he's the one who takes the girls to school and he picks them up uh, from school. He takes them to after school activities. Uh, he also um, took paternity leave, so he stayed home yep. with with both of them. So I was um, uh, I took the first six months and he took the other. <laughs> Uh, the other six months in the first year of, of the girl's life uh, and he he enjoyed every moment of it and I'm so grateful that he's very supportive and I can rely on him. Um, and we, we had many discussions around it. I just felt that me being able to bring money home uh, and be that um, financial support <laughs> Um, gives him a bit of a breathing space. He doesn't need to stress um, a lot about being the only breadwinner. Uh, and then he actually mentioned that because of me supporting family financially, he feels that uh, he needs to take on a bit more. He needs to be um, someone who. Can contribute in other ways not just financially so that's yep. why he he's happy to to go on and, and do some other stuff uh, although i'm still the one who's uh, cooking and cleaning but uh, you know i'm quite happy i'm quite happy with that i, I, I don't think he'll be doing a good job anyway but no just it, um, he's still got funny. time
3: to win him on there
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you there slowly, but, uh, no, very, very grateful for how the, the, how the things have worked out for us. And, you know, um, I'm sure he would love to do a bit more with his career, but, um, he's quite content where, where things are at, but this is a completely different story to what Lee is going through and, uh, what your yeah, it gives a world, Lee. is like.
0: Yeah. So I guess, um... Uh, yeah, given the director roles, you know, fairly demanding, um, you know, mentally and, and sort of time-wise, um, my husband's taken the very non-traditional role of, of being a stay-at-home dad. So we have two, two young boys, um, seven and five, and so he's full-time with them, um, you know, taking them to school, after-school activities, um, cooking and cleaning. He does the cooking very well, not so much the cleaning, but that's <laughs> okay. Um, and, um, and yeah, I mean, that was a conversation we had quite early on you know, before having children that I was very passionate about my job and um, from an income point of view, you know, he's a carpenter by trade. Um, he's also grown up on a farm, so he, he's worked on farms in the past, but it just financially made more sense for me to be working and and I love what I do, so... Um, you know, we made that decision that he would um, stay home with with the children and and um, sort of, yeah, take on that different role. And it, it works really well.
3: Yeah, beautiful. And it allows you both to sort of follow your passions and also your goals within life, not by taking away theirs, but also that going a bit differently to what the traditional sort of outlook, for male and female roles look like, especially within agriculture, Uh, it's another conversation agriculture is a bit more traditional or behind other industries in terms of workplace movements or our environment that we work in but let's dive in to see how both of you got involved within agriculture industry where did it all spark for you was it from day dot or it's been weaned into your work justina
1: Um, i think I went the whole cycle because I am Polish. I was born in Poland and raised in Poland in a very small country town. Uh, Back then it was probably around 3000 people. And I thought it's, it's a, it's a city, (laughs) but it was not, Um, you know, we had, we had a few shops and church and a school and a bus stop. And everyone was, was growing something. My dad had, probably around six hectares, uh, and majority of it was potatoes. There's a lot of so potatoes. We, a lot of potatoes. <laughs> and it, when I still remember, we, we used to jump on a cart pulled by a horse, <laughs> and that's how it was done for many years. And then Dad bought um, a tractor, um, Ursus, which, which is a big Polish brand, um, still in operation as far as I know and that got a bit easier. But every September, uh, a lot of manual work. We were pulled out from school to to come and pick the potatoes. Uh, Half of the village would come and help us. And then we would go and help them Um, because Poland was still um, a communist country. So a lot of things were not available in the shops. So if you grew something, you could go and exchange it for something you didn't have. And then yep. we had lots of, you know, city people coming over and my dad's sisters who moved to city, they would always come to, car- to pick up their potatoes. <laughs> it was just funny, but, you know, that was just a just way of living uh, and no one ever complained. Um, and then I went to uni. Uh, I studied in Krakow, very big city. Maybe some of your listeners have been to Poland. So that's one of the most popular places to visit. Yeah, amazing, Um, very, you know, city life. Uh, It felt different to be a country kid. Um, And, you know, but a few struggles at the beginning, but by the end of my master's, I I felt comfortable in the city. Um, And then straight from that, I moved to Scotland with my husband, um, who comes from a much bigger farm. Um, and then, yeah, we, we stayed in, in Edinburgh, there was um, not a lot of um, farm exposure there, although, mind you, when we were students, we did um, go and work on the farms, and one summer we end up in Norway and work on a organic farm, um, probably 100 k's from uh, Tromso, which is quite north. And that was an eye opening experience. Uh, We loved it, just just different. Norwegians are very proud people and um, there's a lot of farming going on. And then we moved to Australia and got um, allocated to live in Tujie, which is probably an hour and a half from Perth inland. Uh, And that's when I got exposed to work with Australian farmers. So completely different farming, um, broad acreage, um, a lot of livestock, uh, no subsidies. You buy yourself, yeah. and you know a lot of uh, yeah, m- massive amounts of um, area to farm. And yeah, ever since um, yeah ever since that day, it's been around ten years ago. I've been involved with um, advising farmers and working with farmers, and then I moved to Pair a few years ago and um, switched firms. Was lucky to to find a spot with Byfields, um, but I made that um, informed decision that I want to work for a firm that deals with farmers uh, because I've been exposed to exposed to both, and I really uh, really enjoyed.
3: yeah having that connection with the farmers is pretty special for your experience i suppose it's been a huge eye-opener for you coming into australia a lot of the agriculture is a bit different how we do it here but for the audience i imagine it's eye-opening for what your story was starting from poland going to scotland and even back over to norway it's a little bit different to what we do in Oz. we sort of just stick to farming in the one country and don't bounce around as happily as you did before which is a pretty special journey to be able to do that. I was overseas for a bit, but it's good to pick up these different things along the way for that. And I suppose you brought it into your role as manager at Byfields today.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm a big big fan of diversity and I obviously accounting is my second career. Um, I feel that I do bring different perspective. Uh, and that helps with my role um yeah in many ways uh, yeah absolutely and
3: i I bet the farmers um can really see (laughs) that it comes through in the way that you approach things a bit differently to others out there in there and especially as women in agriculture and your story is goes to show a long way for that but lee what about yourself how did you get into ag industry but
0: my story is they're nowhere near as beautiful as Aunt justina's story but i am um, i grew up on a farm um, uh, this mixed grain and sheep farm in a small country town called brookton which is about 130 k's east of perth um so i sort of knew from a young age that um i really loved you know being in a small country town and and, and the small country people and just just that beautiful sense of community um and and obviously the farmers being you know the the major part of that so i um i then went away to boarding school um and and then went to perth to study Um, i was really lucky enough to um straight from uni to see the job at byford's advertised which was looking for an accounting role um, and an agricultural background was preferred and I remember reading the ad in the newspaper in those days, and and going, that's my job. I just just knew it, um, and went in there and, and got the job with with Byfield's, and then straight away was working with farming clients, which I thought I could really relate to those farmers because I, I you know I'd done that. I'd, I'd grown up, my parents were still farming, um, and and just really enjoyed it um, straight away. So it felt I was really lucky to to find a job in the industry straight away and um, and then gave me the opportunity to actually live in the country and do what I do, which to me was what I
1: wanted.
3: Yeah, it's pretty special to be able to work regionally. I think like a lot of stuff is coming regionally and COVID's just really sped that up. For like the current scenario of COVID, how do you see that that's played out with setting those relationships, both with your family being maybe locked at home or even with your clients out in the paddock? Have you seen that sped up, that adoption of communication online?
0: Yeah I, th- yeah, I think so. I think, yeah, technology, I mean, the technology was already there, but the actual adoption of the technology yeah. is definitely increased with Zoom meetings and um, even just getting clients to, to send things electronically. I mean, cloud accounting is another thing that's that's made it easier. Um, what about you, Justina? What's yeah, that you
1: no, think? I agree. Obviously, having all my family back in Europe, I, I had to be exposed to all that probably sooner than everyone else. Yeah, um, but I, I think about backpackers who came over to Australia and they work for our clients, they, they probably taught a lot of it, um, a, lot of that, a lot of that technology to the clients. And I remember we did that in Norway when we were visiting and back then we, we used Skype and those farmers we work for they were like what is this <laughs> can you show us how do we create the account and you know how do you how do you use this stuff but that was like 15 years ago <laughs> um, so yeah technology has definitely helped and I think there's the connection the internet connection has gotten a bit better um, so we're still a long way away but it is workable Um, and yeah, it just, it helps with everything, but with the borders being closed for us at WNWA, that proves to be quite challenging for a lot of, um, a lot of people who may be far away from their families, um, and, you know, being able to stay in touch over Skype or Zoom or all the other platforms, um, just makes that, that a little bit bit easier. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, definitely. And I see early adopters are getting the benefits of these platforms. And that's what we're trying to push on the podcast is to try whatever may work for your farming enterprise or something like that, ag tech related. But let's talk, move on and talk about the industry you practice in. 47% of CPA Australia members are women within your industry. However, the representation of women in ag is much different. It's around 70%. 50% to 30. I think it's actually um, 32% and 68 male. So 32% of women. And that actually, believe it or not, it comes through on my podcast listeners. So there's 30% of my listeners are actually women in agriculture. And then also 70% are men.
1: Yeah, interesting, interesting statistics. Not that we are surprised because <laughs> yeah. we see it on a daily basis. Um, probably for me, that was a bit of a shock coming to Australia and um, starting to work in um, heavily male-dominated industry. Um, it was challenging at first, but specifically agribusiness, there is that uh, discrepancy in in the number of females um, that you can see making decisions or being involved in decision making process. which um, th- I feel it is slowly changing. Uh, but yeah I agree I think
0: we're starting to see some some change there and, and I think you know, just coming back to the technology and the, the flexibility that, that we can sort of have with technology um, you know is allowing, you know more people to be able to work from home in our industry, which is which has been really great. Um, I think when we start our careers, you know, we we start dealing with with clients and helping them with you know with their business activity statements and and training them how to use a computer program. So from our point of view, I think we're often you know working with the women in the business at that stage. Um, you know, not always, but um, yep. quite often yep. we do see that it is the female doing those roles and. And so I think early on in our careers, you know, we're actually quite good at building those relationships with those those people, and and that's it's really rewarding and it's it's really fantastic from our point of view. But I think as we try to advance our careers and and um you know want to really be talking to the key decision makers in the business who may or may not be female, that's when it can get a bit harder for us to to build that relationship and and for that that person really to trust us. Um, I think the the comment we often get is that um, you know we we might leave and and have children and not come back so to actually build that level of trust with that um, that key decision maker i think as a female it's a lot harder than it is is for a male um, and i've had that experience where you know a, a friend and her husband were looking for an accountant and um, she she said to him well why don't we go and deal with lee and um, his initial comment was because she'll leave and have kids why would we want to go deal with her um, i mean i'm very thankful that they did actually come on board as clients and they're still clients um but i guess that's that's sometimes the initial reaction and, and something we sort of sort of face in our industry
1: yeah yeah and, and i exactly had the same situation you know being in a different country town working for a different company uh i yeah I've fallen pregnant and went on maternity leave and the client uh, who is one of my friends now um, mentioned not long ago that when I was pregnant they they considered that maybe they should make a move because you know it's very unlikely that I'll be back to to look after them and lucky for me they haven't made a move and I was back and I was you know I was able to look at go back and, and look after them as I did before. So there is that stigma in the community that we we yeah that we go and we know we won't be we won't be back. But there is a lot of females that you know are likely to return and they want to return, they want to be part of the community, they want to provide the service you know we we probably provide as much as men do if not more we've, we've got a lot to offer i would think um yeah. it's and i think the industry itself is becoming
0: more flexible with allowing mm. you know sort of you know we might work school hours um or or we might have school holidays off and and people get used to that and adjust um yep. you know their, their needs around that or, or or even if they can't adjust their needs they're very understanding and and i think but as as females you know we we'll generally try and be as accommodating to our clients as possible because we want them to have that high level of service. Yes. And we will continue to deliver that, you know, no matter what the circumstances are.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I see, like, a lot of the companies that are run by women or have women on the boards, everything, they seem to be thriving, especially those in agriculture with CEO, that's a woman, women. Um, We've had a few on the show and they seem to really know what they're doing. And I suppose... Breaking down that stigma of, yeah, she's going to be 12 months um, out of practice or something. And then when she gets back, she'll be restarting over again. How can we break that down, that stigma down for your clients, but also for others out there? Women wanting to get into a job, but they're also planning to have a kid in a year or even less.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's definitely a difficult one, but I think um, having a female in, in the management position or in leadership position, that really helps. Um, and when I, I remember for myself, when I was looking for a job, I did look uh, at the firms that obviously were ag-related, but also I looked at the statistics and, you know, Byfield did stand up because we had two female directors and a couple of female managers. And that's, that is not um, not often seen. Uh, but I feel that if you do have that female, then we have that uh, kind of obligation to other females to take them under their wings and help them uh, to go through that period. And it is a very difficult period where you have to manage little children and work. Uh, and as long as you've been there yourself, then you can help help those younger females uh, more more junior or uh, more junior or so just push pull them up maybe this way so I think men could definitely help too <laughs> yep. just um, yep. giving us a bit of chance and a bit of room to move and um, you know support us from that perspective we may not be 12 hours in the office every single day but just being understanding that you know family also matters um and it should matter to mentor you know we live in this uh, in this world where everyone knows how important dads are and everyone knows how important family is um and you know mental health nowadays is also another big topic and you know, work is very important, but it's not everything. And we need to look for balance. And I'm sure you, you would want your accountant to be happy. Because when we're happy, we're more Absolutely. productive. So.
3: <laughs> they yell at you enough as it is. But for that, coming back into family structures and having that family bond, I suppose you may call it. Um, I haven't started a family myself, so a bit um, out of the loop for this one. But I suppose it starts with the family of building that trust, that commitment, that communication within the family. And then that goes to show within your workplace, within your family of how vibrant and how more prepared you are and more likely to take more things on. If you have the other aspects ticked off, those boxes ticked, um, if you're happy at home and then you feel trusted and supported at work. Coming into work, being trusted and supported, how important is that to women within agriculture? In juggling these certain different roles when your husbands aren't always the best at cleaning back home
0: i, I think it's so important um, you know everyone's looking for an accountant they want someone who you know knows what they're doing who's highly skilled who communicates well um, and I, I think you know we can actually also bring that extra that extra level of Um, you know, a lot of empathy and and understanding emotionally. Uh, A lot of the farmers that we deal with, you know, are family-run farms. And, um, you know, we we can actually understand the way their family structures work. And, um, you know, if something happens within their family, um, they lose a loved one or or they're going through, you know, a bit of a troubled time with a family member, I, I think from a female perspective, we can really add a lot of value to help support them emotionally through those, you know, those hard times. So I think there's a, a huge benefit that we can actually actually bring in terms of um, offering our clients support um, financially and, and emotionally.
3: Yeah, also because you may have been there and you sort of know what they're going through. And women, as by nature, they're more of nurturing than what us blokes are and how you can actually make that relationship so fluid, uh, relationship within accountants and farmers. I bet you know more so than me, is so important in making sure that it continues and it's a positive one looking into the future um, and supporting that family, their framework, and moving forward for them. It's pretty vital within agriculture with so many ups and downs and risk management that we have to do for it. It also
0: helps when we're advising on Centrelink and family tax benefit claims when you've actually been through the system yourself. Yep. Yeah, yeah explain the tips and tricks and uh, which box to tick and which box not to tick so that's just a funny one i get all referred all those queries having done it myself which is quite funny yeah
1: yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely
3: I, I suppose when you've gone through it the client on the other end is like, oh my god this is so much better they actually know they trust you've gone through it yourself and you can actually lead them through there or guide them through that but justina you're about to say something
1: I was just going to say that we think naturally we've got that ability to pick up on little subtleties. (laughs) Like, um, you know, someone is pregnant before they tell you, and some blogs will go for months even not realising that maybe there is a a pregnancy, the baby coming into the family. And as an accountant, you do want to know well in advance because that can help with some tax planning um, and distribution of income within the group. So... Yeah, those small little things. Um, But I think having that balance approach is also important, you know, having maybe a male and a female in your team um, or your accounting team or um, lawyer's team to look after you uh, because you get that diversity and that's best of both
3: worlds, I would like to think. Yeah, absolutely. And that balance So for yourselves, coming up through your own career, where did it get started and how, like, if you had any farms advice to give to another young lady out there that's looking to get into agriculture or the more sort of corporate side of it, which is accountancy like yourself at Byfields, how would you advise, like, for your goal setting for that? Like, goal setting within agriculture is so important, I think, and I reckon about... 10% 10% of us are actually setting goals and meeting them. How do you think this is important for a woman's career within agriculture or even the wider field, setting those goals within life, getting to manager or director later on in life? Yeah,
0: I think that goal setting is really important. I mean, coming back to why somebody would want to join the accounting industry or the more corporate industry, I think, I think, um, I th- I think this job does allow you to be very flexible, you know, I always compare it to a hairdresser who has to be there to cut someone's hair, and and we don't need to be, you know, we can be flexible with working from home or working in the office. And I think that makes it really appealing for a female to enter the industry. I I think then you've also got the additional benefit of working in that ag industry, which is just so rewarding within itself. but in terms of um, yeah, setting goals, I, I think you know, we should all be aiming to, to set goals in every aspect of our life, really, and, and trying to aim to, to get where we, we want to be. So much of what we do is about knowledge and making sure we maintain our knowledge and, and we offer really good service, as I've mentioned a few times. So I think without actually setting goals to be able to maintain that knowledge and, and build and, and grow as an accountant and get better at what you do. Um, you know, you, you're potentially never going to reach your full potential or, or you know, you fall behind in the industry because it is a very fast, fast moving industry with legislation changes and technology changes. So I think you have to be very clear, yeah, what level you want to get to and then making sure you continue to strive to get there, really. And that will then help you to earn, you know, that, that title of being good at what you do, which is, I think, what we're all wanting.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we ever finished learning um, and making sure like it is a manual. It's hard graft to get to wherever you want to get to. So as long as you're open to learning and setting those goals and ticking them off, not making them too ambitious. So you can't, so you're making them unachievable, but Justina, what do you think about goal setting within personal and also into your work life, how you've gone about yourself? Did you have that goal of coming to Australia and setting up here with a family?
1: Well, not not really. It was meant to be a holy day um, that turned into oh, wow. <laughs> stay forever, uh, and yeah, we never looked back. To be honest, um, and we yeah we really enjoyed living in the country because we both come from a country, and that makes it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, you do have to have goals if you want to get somewhere, and specifically if you are in a Male-dominated industry, and you're the only female or, or one of um, a few, then yeah, you get get ready that um, there will be a lot of work. You have to work very hard uh, to prove yourself and to to prove yourself to others. And accounting in general is it's super demanding. There's just so much um, going on, so many changes, even in the last 12 months, um, very quick pace of change um and it's also applicable to farmers you know depreciation and the tax rate changes um it's 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 all over so yeah I can't remember myself when I when, when was the last time I I read a good book <laughs> because it feels like every time I go to bed I read uh the tax update um but that that's okay you know I'm interested it makes riveting. me happy I might sound sound really boring, but that's what tickles my my boxes. Um, But yeah, for anyone, any female out there who thinks about accounting and um, if I could encourage you to consider specializing in agribusiness, if you have that ag background, that's wonderful because you will connect with clients a lot faster. But if you don't, uh, farmers are a different breed of of clients and i'm sure you've heard that many times from your (laughs) from your um interviewees but um yeah and i often thought about this why why farmers are just nice clients and that's probably a lot to do with the fact that you guys work outdoor a lot so you're exposed to sun and all the elements and then you grow food (laughs) and we all need food Um, so you can you can see the thing you're growing and you can uh, you know you can use your hands to grow that Uh, and you know that makes you happy you know it's just just a happy lifestyle but at the same time you're so reliant on the weather and you have to be resilient so farmers are super um yeah, they funny people for some reason you know every time I go to see a client we always uh, laugh uh, at the table which which I like um, but they're very down to earth you know they they accept um, that perhaps there is a time where you have to pay tax uh, but they also accept the times where that the season may have not gone well and they try to learn from it and, and go just go on and and that's what you want in clients. You want this sort of clients. So, yeah, girls out there, knock on the doors of companies who are working with farmers because we need more girls. I think we do. Yeah. There, there has to be a higher, bigger pool of talent we can choose from. So.
0: And I think from a female perspective, it's so rewarding. I think you'll, you'll actually get a lot out of it um, and, and enjoy what you do, which is so important in life that we're happy
3: Yeah, absolutely. And it comes back to that flexibility for women in agriculture, knowing that it is so flexible, you can work from home even as an accountant, but agriculture allows you to do a little bit more if you can coordinate your time just right. For me, the podcast, it worked quite well being so flexible for that. And for yourself within agriculture, but from the choices you've made and the examples you're setting, what would you like your children to learn from your experiences? Um, as an accountant within agriculture, but also as women in agriculture?
1: I have two girls. <laughs> so I may <laughs> take, uh, um, I may take the, the turn first. I think for me, it is very important for my girls to see that they can be part of the decision-making process uh, because I feel I see that time after time that um Females are not confident to be part of that decision-making process uh, for whatever reason. Maybe the fact that they haven't been exposed to difficult conversation early on in their lifetime, uh, perhaps lack of um, financial education uh, could be a reason. So, yeah, it's important for me to, to teach my girls that they they can. They can be involved. I can they can bring as much as uh, as men, uh, and there isn't anything they can't do.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm a bit different because I have two two sons, so I'm surrounded by, by boys. Um, and um, I, I guess, yeah, from my point of view, you know, I want my my sons to know that that women can do just as much as men. You know, um, I grew up in a very traditional family. With a mum that stayed home and you know on the farm still and, and dad was on the farm. And um yeah, you know, I was never told that women couldn't do everything, but it probably wasn't as wasn't as obvious. And so I really want them to, to know that you know there's opportunity there for, for male and female, and, and it's fine either way. You know, if they end up in, in the in a job where there's a, a female um you know leader in that group, I want them to obviously respect her and um and, and yeah, I guess in the future, their, their wives, um, if they go down that path, I, I think I, I probably more see it the other side as well and, and want them to know that, um, you know, my husband being the stay at home dad, that, that that's a great option as well. And that a dad can bring so much, um, you know, as being a full-time father. And I was explaining earlier to Justina that um, living in a small country town, actually having a stay at home dad actually brings so much to the community as well in terms of, you know, he does the school drop-offs and he kisses and cuddles, the, you know, the, the boys goodbye and, um, you know, the amount of kids that are actually attracted to him being the only dad doing that. And um, a, lot, a lot of children, you know, don't have father figures and just how important that is as, as well as a role. So um, the role I do is important, but the, the role Adrian does as a stay home dad is, is so important as well. And he would absolutely hate me saying that, but <laughs> that's true.
3: Yeah, well, I suppose out in the community, it would go to show that, hey, these roles don't really matter and they don't need to be stuck with labels onto whoever, onto the women of carrying out the childhood for kissing and cuddling your kids back into school or picking them up from the school drop-off zone. It goes to show that other men that there is the option out there for you to be the house husband back home and look after the children like that. and if your wife or girlfriend has the ambition to do something with her career and chase their dreams of becoming a director or manager at Byfields or further afloat into whatever industry that you may be in, it's pretty important for these examples to be set, not only for your children, but for those out there in the community as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. very much so.
3: Yeah. So beautiful for your leaving statement what would you like to say to other women out there in Australian agriculture that are looking to do something literally knock on those doors like you said before Lee I think it's important that people literally should knock or give a phone call to a company that they're looking to work for and just ask those people within these roles for even ask Lee or Justina if you're looking to become a manager or director at some firm. to those sort of relatable People in the same role that you're looking to get into, what sort of advice would you have? Bit long-winded.
0: <laughs> I think when you know we've sort of been talking about this topic, um, we just think that women can offer so much diversity, um, you know, to, to really anything in life, any aspect in life, and and that we um, you know we shouldn't be locked into a, a, a you know hundred percent sort of male environment and not thinking that women have a place there um yeah what do you think justina
1: yeah i think the message from me will be to the, to men in the ag industry because we we guys need you to open up so you know when you're driving the header because you're probably harvesting Just um, have a think about uh, whether you are only surrounded by men. So is your accountant a man? Is your ag advisor a man? Is your lawyer a man? Is your surveyor and real estate a man? You probably need to think about introducing a female because you may be missing on something. Um, because you know we're the 21st century and if you if you have daughters um, or daughters-in-law they do want to be recognized you know 49 percent of um, workers in agribusiness or ag industry are females you know we there's a big movement now and we've got a lot to offer
0: I think from our point of view, we, we really want to encourage women to enter the industry and, and yep. um, be good on that, um, be able to offer that diversity and, um, and and make it the norm, really. We yes. want it to be the norm, not to be the exception. Right?
1: Yes.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I see that you have the greatest potential to offer companies out there and also the successing, successful farmers out there. If they're a tight-knit family, you probably see that they're more successful and they're able to see the other ways of it. The women in the farming family may be doing the finance, so they've got their heads wrapped around that, whilst the males go out and do the operational stuff. And it just works hand in hand, having those working so well together um, for Australian farmers, but also for yourselves. It's very important that you have your say, but we'll have to get bushy to put you onto the podcast and really dive into your expertise as women in agriculture and see how you deal with clients each day Uh, but that's another topic. Thank you very much for coming on here as part of the Women in Agriculture Showcase for FundsWise podcast. It's pretty important to get these conversations across. I know I'm a bloke um, but also naturally across on the podcast there's actually been more female speakers without me having to chase them down on the show so it's good to get your case across and also what you're doing the people running businesses ceos directors managers and even those entry-level positions thank you very much
1: yeah thanks for having us thank you we have really enjoyed it
3: beautiful so who can we expect on the beyond the tax return for buy fields series coming up
0: so next we have jared ryan who's one of our managers in the perth office
3: beautiful can't wait to grill him <laughs> well for anyone out there that wants to get in touch with lee or justina about women in agriculture how they can enter accountancy within agriculture or agribusiness how can they get a hold of you or even if a farmer is looking for a great accountant firm like Byfields,
1: yeah we we've got a website um and yeah linkedin will be a good way to contact yep. us so happy to help with any queries
3: beautiful i'll have them all in the show notes ready to go so you don't have to chase them and find them so thank you very much until next time keep on farming thank you very much to lee and justina for sharing their stories of how they got to where they are and how it landed them working within rural australia it's amazing to see the impact that you can have from living in rural australia especially during this pandemic The rise of zoom and all these calls online they've really made their impact even if they're in the office or back home on the property on the farm as well as we've seen with a few of these stories so if you have liked this episode share it with the women in your life and if you're a bloke i hope you can take something out of this and really just see the resilience of rural women in australia and how they're bouncing back and Strengthening the communities that they live in. It's really important for rural Australia, and I think you can sort of tell that it is really improving. And this pandemic has really sped that up into investments into rural Australia. People don't want to be living in a shoebox, and it's really adding some value to it. So, thanks for joining me on this episode, and I'm sure we'll be celebrating the work of rural women. More into the future on the Farms Vice podcast. Talk soon.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.